1: this acronym, the word FAIL, First Attempt in at Learning.
0: I oh, I love, love that. that. Yeah. Isn't it great? Welcome to the Bravehearted Podcast, where we are changing the way you get inspiration by allowing you to hear resilience and victory and hard stories. We discuss new methods on handling life situations so you can show up confidently in your life.
1: We are different. Because instead of just giving you inspiration through stories, we give you actionable tools to make the change that you want to make. Let's live bravely today.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 22, and we are talking all about self-compassion today. I know so many of you struggle with being kind to yourself, so we want to run through what self-compassion is and why do you need to be more kind to yourself? And then most importantly, how can you be more kind to yourself and how does that show up in your life? So before we get started, just to introduce myself, my name is Kelsey Kenry and I am a personal development coach and speaker working with women all over the world to find their courage and live life bravely. And... If you are listening in public or around children, some of the material we talk about is deep and can sometimes be controversial, so please use headphones. Here with me, as always, is Mindy. Mindy, what's up? What's up? My name is Mindy
1: Mercurio. I am a career coach and business guru helping exhausted women find their true purpose Super excited about today's topic because in the Bravehearted Book Club, we recently read the book Self Compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. Kelsey, incredible book. Like, yeah, an incredible choice. Like, I, at first, I was like, oh, I don't know. Sometimes, you know, you pick up these books that are self help and you feel a little like, oh, uh, is this going to be cringy? And then I started reading it and I was like, oh, man. This is stuff that I never knew that I really needed help with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of people kind of felt that way about the book, myself included. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about self-help books and why I love having the book club so much is because people generally think about self-help books and they are all kind of in one category, right? It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. it's all about like, you know, goal setting or like high achieving or whatever. And every book that I've read has been, you know, pretty different. And I feel like that even the books that I've read that I'm like, okay, that's not maybe as applicable to me, or I didn't feel like a fire burning when I was reading it. I still can always take good tools from them. But this one was a little different because it was a little softer and a little more personal. And, you know, there's activities after each chapter that you actually have to run through, which is really powerful because, you know, if you know anything about learning and the way that our brains work, like, we learn by doing. And so being able mm-hmm. to read a book is one thing, but being able to go in and then practice things and practice the tools that you're given is different. That implementation is really important. So yeah, I just, I loved the book and I highly recommend it. I definitely, it's something that's regularly in conversations with my clients at this point, because it's such a common struggle for people just to be nice to themselves.
1: Which is so sad when you think about it, because when you think about, so like, let's talk about what compassion is. Mm -hmm. Compassion is a desire to help with suffering. And when you think about that definition and how it applies to yourself, if you are mean to yourself, if you are saying negative things to yourself, you're causing yourself suffering. And that is so sad.
0: That that's
1: Mm -hmm. like when I think about that and I think about some of the things that I've said to myself, things that I hear people I love say about themselves to themselves. And I think about the suffering that they go through, whether they realize it or not. It just breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. That's the thing is that we think about, you know, and most most people think about compassion as towards other people, right? We think about having compassion, but when you think about the words of compassion, it's always directed towards someone else. Like it's like feeling empathy for other people and recognizing, like you said, that, that desire to help with somebody that's hurting, but we don't ever turn that inwards. And instead it's usually quite the opposite, which is such a big problem. So, you know, in talking about, what self-compassion really is, we're talking about things like giving yourself a little grace or really having the realization that failures and imperfection are just part of who we are. And it's a normal part of the human experience. And I think normalizing that opens the doors for a lot of people because, you know, going back to our perfection episode, if you haven't listened to that, like head back and listen to that after you look listen to this, because the thing is, is that perfection is a lie and perfection isn't real. There's no, yeah. there is no perfect. And so it's this unachievable status that we're searching for. So, and then we beat ourselves up when we can't reach it. So, you know, self-compassion is just recognizing and normalizing that what you may think is a shortcoming is actually a normal experience.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this big, dramatic you know, thing. So I think a lot of times when we think about compassion, we think about like suffering, like huge traumas that happen to somebody, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, somebody's passed away or, oh my gosh, like This person's been hospitalized for an illness. Like, it doesn't have to be some big, terrible thing that's happened. You know, it can be something as small as the way you view your work when you're at work, and the way you compare yourself to somebody else. So, if your your results at work are not matching up to the person who sits next to you, and you feel inadequate because of that, like. You need to think about how you're treating yourself and, and think about how compassion fits into that, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about being a little bit less critical of yourself and more understanding. And like you said, realizing that imperfection is part of human experience. And I think we talked about this in the perfection episode, but failure is an essential part of life. I love this acronym, the word FAIL, first attempt in learning. Oh, I love love,
0: that! Isn't it
1: great? I love failing. I've always said, and I say to people all the time, if you aren't failing, you're not growing. If you Mm. aren't failing, you aren't changing. If you aren't failing, you're not challenging yourself. And so, I absolutely love to fail and fail and fail again because that means that I'm growing and learning and changing myself, and that's part of the human experience. But in the same token, when I'm failing. I have to also be careful that I'm not being too critical of myself and that's where that mm-hmm. self-compassion comes in because that is very difficult especially for me because I've got a little bit of that perfectionist in me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as as most of us do myself included, but I think that, you know, when we give ourselves compassion and we're going to go into, you know, why we need to give ourselves compassion because a, a lot of times I think The issue is, is that it's, we've normalized like being mean to ourselves as silly as that sounds. It's just like, this is what I do. This is who I am. Like I can focus on being kind to everybody else, but I don't really look at myself and that's in so many areas, but you know, it's exactly what you said, just recognizing that, Seeing there's going to be growth from these failures and from these things that you may think are shortcomings is really powerful because when you are able to kind of put together a process of, okay, this this happened, are you okay? How do you, what do you need to be okay? Like can, and just allowing yourself even that space is is self-compassion. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, why we need to be kind to ourselves and why we need this compassion for ourselves. One of the things that came to mind when we were talking about this episode for me is how often I'm repeating when I'm talking to people, whether it's a client or in like a discovery call with people is the fact that when we try to make any sort of change in our life, we have this tendency to do it out of hate for ourselves Mm. or do it out of like dislike for something that's in our lives. And in some cases, it's not always a bad thing. Like if you dislike your job and you want to change your job, that's one thing. But when it comes to ourselves personally, trying to make changes based on you not liking yourself is never going to last. And this came up a lot, actually, when I was working on the fitness side of things and coaching, because, you know, people would come to me and, you know, it was basically kind of similar words from everybody, right? Like, I want to lose weight because I don't like myself or some sort of like negative wording around their body, right? And to me, it was like putting together the pieces after so many years, I was like, this is not right. Like this doesn't make sense because if you're trying to make a change based on how much you hate yourself or how much you dislike yourself, you're not changing the dislike for yourself. You're just changing the surface level. And it's like, that's a big part of why I made my transition into the personal development space because it just made sense. I'm like, what happens if... Instead of making those choices for change, you make them out of love. So like in in the fitness area, this looks like what if you focus on making better choices with your eating because you are respectful of your body, because you want your body to feel good versus I need to eat, you know, do this diet or eat less food or whatever, because I hate the way my body looks.
1: That's such a big one because I hear so many women and men say, I'm not going to eat this. I need to go to the gym because I don't like this about myself, or Mm. I messed up. I'm a failure because I ate a plate of French fries this weekend, or I bought all this stuff at the grocery store. I'm a slob. I'm this X, Y, Z, enter this adjective about yourself, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: they you know, continue to go through this cycle of, you know, whatever it's, you know, this diet or that diet or this workout or that workout, or, you know, outside of just fitness and health, like anything at all, like, you know, bad jobs, bad relationships, bad, you know, situations, you continue to just make these choices because you're not focusing on what's important, which is taking care of yourself and Mm. what you really need. And what's actually driving these choices that you're making.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. And it's, and it's just so true because the thing about, you know, making choices out of hate or dislike for yourself is Mm -hmm. you end up in the same position over and over again because it's not long lasting. So it's kind of like we talk about in so many episodes about you're setting yourself up to fail because you're, it's like the cycle of, of, it looks like this, right? So you eat like shit on a Sunday. Diet starts Monday, right? Hmm. And then you fall off, you have like one cookie or a couple of cookies or something and you're like, fuck it, it's over. And you beat yourself up, right? So you yep. beat yourself up, it's negative self-talk. And then you try to beat yourself up into starting Monday again. I'm such a piece of shit, I ate two cookies, whatever. Like, and then it, you're back at it and, and Monday. And like, it, it's like you're bullying yourself into... Trying to make a better choice. That makes, and when you break it down like that, when I say this cycle to people, they're like, holy shit, you know, let's, that's, that's exactly yeah. what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, so this is what the cycle looks like in a, in a way to where it lasts. And like, this is what I'm teaching people, right? It's mm-hmm. okay, we set ourselves up, we create a good environment, we have a good plan. We also do the underlying work of, I'm worth this choice. I'm doing this because I respect myself. I'm, I even have people like when they're making food choices, speak out loud and say like, I'm choosing this because I love myself. Like those types of things, because then, you know, no matter if there's cookies, ice cream, all these things, it's like, you still love yourself. You, you made the choice out of love for yourself. And so instead of it becoming this cycle of beating yourself up afterwards and feeling guilty, it's I'm still valuable even though I ate those two cookies. I'm still gonna work out even though I ate those two cookies. I'm gonna work out because I love myself, because I respect myself. It stops coming from a place of like you said to where it's like, i have to work out because i ate like shit or whatever that is so it's like yeah. breaking breaking that cycle because people live in that and there's no compassion in it it's just you're just bullying yourself into trying to change something and that's why it doesn't last that's why it's the all or nothing that's why it's you're consistent for 3 days and then you fall off and then you beat yourself up it's the same thing there's no compassion involved
1: It's because you hate it because like if you think about when you're a kid and you get bullied, right? Like whatever situation that bully put you in, you hate that situation. And there's like this subconscious feeling inside of you that's just absolutely cringing, right? So like Mm. if you're bullying yourself into doing things that like are good for you and you should be doing because you love yourself, but you're doing them out of a place of self-hate you're going to end up hating it. Like you're going to walk into the gym and you're going to be like, this is bullshit. This sucks. I don't want to do this. I'm doing this because I suck because I'm a piece of shit, Uh, whatever. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: then that's why you fall off because you are not, you're know, you not doing it from a place of love. So let's transition into another why like that I think really fits with this is like being kind to yourself really strengthens your emotional resilience. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: here's, here's the deal, right? So like, if you are in a bad emotional place, like let's say you're suffering from some kind of loss or you're suffering from some kind of stress, or you've got some anxiety to yourself, like being kind is going to allow yourself to go through whatever you're going through a little bit easier, right? Mm -hmm. Because like, if you haven't practiced this self-compassion, if you haven't started practicing being kind to yourself and you face a major failure, like you start a business and it falls apart mm-hmm. or you lose someone who's very close to you and you're suffering through some kind of you know traumatic emotional situation, or even if it's something small that you're emotionally going through, like for women, if it's that time of the month and we all know when it's that time of the month, we're not the nicest to ourselves. Your instinct is going to be that negative, like, self-hate, hard-on-yourself kind of stuff, whereas if you've been practicing being kind, going through emotional situations just a little bit easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a really good point because when you think about these traumas that we all go through, big or small, it's it's... We talk a lot about perspective, right? And that's where Mm -hmm. self-compassion can come in because self-compassion can actually change your perspective of the situation because it looks like, you know, basically a a trauma happens and it's like, you either take it to where it's like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, like, you know, in the victim mentality or, Mm -hmm. you know, even going into blaming other people or why did this happen to me kind of thing. Or you look at it and you're like, you know what? It's okay for me to be upset. Like this meant a lot to me. This was important to me. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And like just being understanding of yourself and that changes it because anger in the situation will only add those layers of emotion to where it makes it worse essentially. And self-compassion can only kind of, it kind of levels you out versus you know, adding and making it worse. So, and I think to, to go along with that in situations like this, when we're talking about the other side of things, which is, you know, we've talked about like your failures and being kind to yourself, but also you have to learn how to be kind to yourself because we are not good about celebrating our accomplishments. Mm. Like, because we have the habit of not being kind to ourselves, it also works in positive situations to where we don't celebrate ourselves at all. It's just like, and I'm absolutely guilty of this and I've noticed it a lot. And it's something that I'm working so hard on, especially, you know, having the success that I did with the Bravehearted Collective and that being something new and and filling up so quickly, it was like, I need to actually like reward myself and like take a pause because my first instinct is always like, okay, what's next? But that's not very, that's, that's not being very respectful or kind to myself because like, as you know, like the amount of work that went into that was intense. And like, I have to take a minute to like actually be proud of myself and being proud of yourself is being kind to yourself. So it's like, it works both ways. You know, if you're not compassionate for yourself, when you're in a hard situation, you're not going to be compassionate for yourself when you're in a good situation either.
1: No, treat yourself. That's yeah, that's what I love to say. And that's really a great point. So like right now, for example, I've got um, my team is in a completely different situation at work than what we're normally in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's very challenging situation, especially during the time that we're in, because normally they're interacting face to face with people and they're doing some virtual interactions now. And, you know, in sales in general, like salespeople are typically extremely hard on themselves. They're, you know, aggressive. They have aggressive goals, like, and when they don't meet those goals, like it, it can be very difficult. So this has been a lot of what I've been talking about with my team lately is the self-compassion, right? And I've got this one team member, and I love her because she's just like me. Um, she's a, that's so narcissistic. <laughs> she's an overachiever. And uh, she she's very, very hard on herself. And when this whole new system at work started, she was just like continuously saying, I'm a failure. I can't do this. I'm not going to be good at this. I X, Y, Z, but she was having this success and she refused to see it. And everybody was talking about how great she was doing and how proud they were of her. And I was incredibly proud of her because she actually, she ran my entire team while I was on vacation, which was the first week we were in this transition period. So like, not only is she transitioning into this new like role at work, but she's also taking on this extra responsibility of running an entire team of people while her boss is on vacation or staycation Corona. 2020. <laughs> Thanks um, that. Yeah.
0: Appreciate.
1: It was good though. So she did an incredible job. She knocked it out of the park, but all she could do was focus on the fact that she didn't do like, she wasn't the top. She wasn't the number one performer in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, she wasn't the number one performer on the team that week. And she's finally, you know, three or four weeks later, starting to build those habits. And this takes a long time, but she's building those habits of being compassionate to herself and celebrating those accomplishments. And I have a hard time with that too. And you have to take a beat and you have to look at, you know, what have I done? What work went into this? And take a minute to celebrate that. And I think that as women, we're even worse about it about celebrating ourselves and accepting celebration from
0: others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. But it's, it's like you said, just taking, taking that moment to, to recognize like what we're doing, like that is compassion. Like telling yourself, Mm -hmm. like you did an awesome job. Like I've had to consciously like tell myself and remind myself, like, wow like all the work that went into this and you like beyond that you know just just doing something new and doing something i was terrified to do it's like all mm-hmm. of those things and i think kind of moving into another reason why we need to be compassionate towards ourselves is that we're so judgmental towards ourselves like i mean i think that we're judgmental as a society in general right like it's just you know, some people less than others. Right. But when you're being kind to yourself, it allows you to be less judgmental and it allows you to not like evaluate every step or compare yourself to every person or thing or experience around you. So, you know, we can become so obsessed with, all of that with evaluating and making sure that we're perfect. And then it's kind of like that step-by-step process. Like, am I doing, it's like the team member that you were talking about, like, am I doing as good as this person? Oh, I'm not doing as good as this person. So I'm basically garbage. It's like, that's not, that's not how it works, you know? So if you, you know, being kind to yourself means that you can step back from that and focus more wholly on yourself and actually what you're doing and stop basing it off everything around you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think kind of skipping forward a little bit, but, you know, talking about basing on everything around you, Mm -hmm. it allows you to be a little bit more understanding of others, right? Mm -hmm. So, being hard on yourself and you're not practicing self-compassion, you get this victim mindset or this victim mentality. And when you're in that victim mindset and mentality, all you want to do sometimes is blame other people or look for somebody else who's, you know, in your mind or your comparison doing worse than you. And like, not only now are you judging yourself, but you're judging them too. It also allows you to help other people when they're being hard on themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it works both ways. It's exactly what I was saying about being compassionate in general. You're not going to be compassionate for yourself and like when you're failing and when you're accomplishing, like you're either nice to yourself, like all the time, because even if you're finding that you can only be nice to yourself, like when you're accomplishing, you still likely don't feel like it's good enough in understanding and building an understanding of ourselves and building a better connection with ourselves, it does the same thing for other people. It's like when we talk about building connection with people, you have the, your wall up. And when you see you let it down a little bit and you become vulnerable, it allows for people to connect with you better. It's Mm -hmm. the same thing here. So building a better understanding of yourself allows you to understand other people better. It's like, you can reframe things in your mind, like, Oh, I remember when I went through that and that was so hard for me. And so it's like, then you see somebody else and you're like, Oh, you know, and that goes along with just being, just having empathy, but you know, something that we've kind of gone over, like without saying it a lot in most of these things is just negative self-talk in general. And So many of these scenarios, obviously there's the voice in our head that's saying, you know, you're not good enough or you failed or you're an asshole or whatever, like the mean way that you talk to yourself is. And compassion, one of the biggest pieces of compassion and self-compassion is... Offering peace to that to where you hear it and you're able to kind of acknowledge it, but then you can move through it differently because it's like whether it's telling yourself something new, and we'll talk more about this in the tools. But that's one of the things people struggle with a lot is like, I'm so mean to myself. I talk to myself this way. So, you know, being able to kind of not necessarily shut that down, but be more aware of it and be able to navigate through negative self talk better
1: yeah absolutely and the, like the flip side of that is when you start practicing self compassion and you start talking positively to yourself you're tap you're tapping into oxytocin right so think about when somebody pays you a compliment
0: mm-hmm.
1: or somebody says something nice to you you get this like warm fuzzy feeling inside it makes you happy that's biological like that's mm-hmm. your body like releasing oxytocin into your system, which makes you feel calm. It makes you feel connected. It reduces fear and anxiety, which fear and anxiety are two things that really drive a lot of negative self-talk and drive a lot of that experience that you have. Uh, It can even lower your blood pressure and your cortisol levels, which cortisol, as everybody knows, is something that's really affected by stress. Not only is self-compassion good for you mentally, it's good for you physically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that point because it's, you know, I talk a lot about working from both sides, right? So there's the physical action piece and the surface level, and then there's, you know, the underlying, and this is a great point because just physically, you know, this touches on the fact that like when we're mean to ourselves, it makes us not feel good physically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, you know, like I can think of times when I, and I think this kind of goes into depression too, right? So like, I, you know, I think everybody suffers on some level, whether you know it or not, I think everybody suffers from depression at times, right? Mm -hmm. So like when I'm depressed or not feeling good, all I want to do is lay in bed. Mm
0: -hmm. I want to pull
1: the covers over my head. I want to ignore the rest of the world. I, and sometimes that'll manifest in actually being sick. Like, being physically sick, like I'll catch a cold or I will have a terrible headache. And it's because my immune system's been weakened, because I have allowed myself to get in this like negative spiral, right? And that's an mm-hmm. extreme, of course, you know, but like you feel it physically. And you yeah. know, like you you can absolutely feel it. I mean, those commercials about depression are so right. Like the little commercial with the little sad, like I don't know if it's like a bean or a rock or whatever it is. Everybody knows which one I'm talking about. And he bends his head down he's like crying. and But it's absolutely true. Like you feel that. And that
0: actually kind of goes into our last point about like why you need to be more compassionate with yourself. And it's simply that when you're kind to yourself – You actually, and this goes along with being more understanding of people, you become less reactive and more balanced in situations. So in, you know, you could take two situations that are exactly the same. Maybe somebody makes a comment. And when you are kind to yourself, when you're secure with yourself, when you feel good, whether it's in your body or otherwise, then you're able to react in a way that is actually Proactive or productive versus just like flying off the handle. So, being able to be more balanced, you know, and and that's a hard thing for people because we tend to be, as humans, we can be reactive in a lot of situations. And every time we're reactive in the situation, we think about the spiral that that causes into guilt and, you know, not feeling good about the choice that we made in general. So, being able to be kind to yourself is and have that understanding just allows you to feel that balance and to be able to kind of look at situations differently so you're not flying off the handle.
1: Yeah, because think about it like there I can think of times in my life where I've just like been on this like self-hate spiral and lack of self-compassion and then it shows up like in my marriage, right? So like mm-hmm something will happen that's slightly annoying. Like I stub my toe and then, you know, Michael comes around the corner and wants to talk to me and (laughs) I'm already mad. And I'm like, get this on my face. I don't want to (laughs) talk to you. Like, you know, if you've got kids and you're like in that kind of like bad place and then the kids do something, of course you're going to, you know, fly off the handle. So like you have to practice self-compassion, not only for yourself, but for the people that you love.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point because it comes back to how everything works together. So I want to get into now that we've talked about, you know, what compassion is and how it applies to yourself and the reasons why we need to be more kind to ourselves. I want to talk to you about how we can implement what, like what we can do and some tools. So One of the first things that comes to mind is just the fact of like awareness, recognizing what you need. And so this usually happens in what I call the pause button. So, and we've talked about this Mm. in other episodes and the pause button is so powerful because it's just in those moments, we feel it. We're, we were just talking about reactivity, right? So we feel it in our bodies. It's the same thing. And whether it's you feeling it physically in your body or you hearing Yourself starting to talk negatively, you take the the pause. Like that's your that's your trigger to take the pause, and then ask yourself. And we've gone through this too. Like within the pause, it's always pause, and then ask a question. So pausing and then asking yourself, you know, what do you need, or how can you be comforted, or you know, what would be a kind thing you could do for yourself, but something like that to where it's simply breaking it up to where it's recognizing I'm really sad and I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm speaking negatively to myself. Okay. I hear myself like saying that thing to myself. What do I really need right now? Like, am I overwhelmed? Do I need a break? Do I need to just go outside? Do I need to meditate? Do I need to work out? Like ask yourself, you know, what you need.
1: Yeah. I think that's really crucial. And the more that you practice this, the easier that it gets the easier you're able to kind of figure out like what what is needed because the next tool I want to talk about is after pausing, you have to pull a lesson out of it, right? So you have to look back at, okay, so I've taken this pause. I put myself in this situation. I started to talk negatively to myself. What can be learned here, Mm -hmm. right? So I recently went through this pretty hard, probably three or four weeks ago, because I was trying to do too much. I was trying to do everything for everyone except for me, literally. And I was not getting any sleep. Kelsey's laughing because she knows. Uh, I wasn't getting any sleep. I wasn't doing anything for myself. I had no semblance of doing things that really like were hobbies that made me happy. There were things that made me happy that I was doing, like things that I was really passionate about that I loved doing but I wasn't taking any time for just like actual rest. And so I was, because I was overworking myself, I was being extra hard on myself because I wasn't giving a 100% of what I could to every single thing that I was doing and I was coming up short, right? Mm -hmm. And so looking back on that, after I said enough is enough, I've got to take a pause here. I've got to figure out what do I need. What I realized was I need like, to take some stuff off my plate. Mm -hmm. And just because I've delegated things or I've walked away from things or I've shifted things around doesn't make me less. It makes me more.
0: Right. It makes
1: me more effective in what I'm doing. It makes me a better friend, a better wife. It makes me more emotionally stable because I was able to say, I can't do all of this Mm -hmm. and I shouldn't be doing all of this. Mm -hmm. Um, it built some emotional resilience for me. So one of the things we talked about earlier was that emotional resilience. It it built that for me. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to not only just take that pause and say, what do I need right now? But making sure that you're learning from it. So when it happens and if it happens again in the future, you know how to handle it.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is that That's just being realistic with ourselves and, and understanding. And that builds an understanding of that, you know, as we always say, our failures can, can turn into lessons. So another like very simple, but very implementable tool that's easy would be asking yourself, like, how would you treat a friend? And so when we talk about, you know, how would you treat a friend? Something that's a really cool tool that I'll use and have clients do is to actually separate yourself. So like, I have one client that I love how she told me that she did this. Like she literally closed her eyes and would picture like her in different chairs. Like you're in a room and like however many chairs you need for how many people or however many feelings or however you want to do it. But she was able to have an out loud conversation as if she was talking like to the person in the chair, which was a friend, but it was also her. So it's like having that conversation as if you're talking to a friend to where it's, you literally separate yourself and take yourself out of that reactive, very deep emotional position and like, let that be one person and then let the other person be you as if you were talking to a friend and then speak to yourself and the way that you would, if it was a friend going through the same thing.
1: Absolutely. The things that you say to yourself, you would absolutely never say to a friend. Right. Like ever. Right. Um, right. I, and that was a powerful tool for me because I would say things to myself like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Oh my gosh, I'm, you know, so dumb. And then I thought, man, like, what if I said that to my husband? Like, that is so mean, That is so mean, but it's it's like that simple tool really kind of flips things around. And so I think, you know, another thing is just acknowledging your feelings and flipping the script, right? Mm -hmm. So like, it's okay that you feel sad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay that you're, you're not happy with the situation. So I recently, well, this hasn't been that recent now, but a few months ago I had applied for a position and I got turned down at my current company. And I, because I had been practicing self-compassion for a while, was luckily able to navigate through this fairly easily because I, you know, and everybody like for weeks was like, are you okay? Are you sure you're okay? And I'd get that phone call like, I heard that you didn't get the position. Mm. And it was, uh, and I'm like, I'm fine. And they're like, how are you okay with this? And I'm like, because I realized that, yes, I was sad, obviously. I was disappointed that I didn't get this job. But I also took it as an opportunity to say, okay, I didn't get this job right now and there's a reason for that. So mm-hmm. what am I going to do to move forward from this? What do I need to do to be better and ready for the next opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. So like instead of like sitting there and wallowing, I said, yeah, of course I'm sad. That makes sense. Of course, I'm a little disappointed because this is something that I wanted. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. What's not okay is to sit in that forever. And what's not okay is to tell myself, oh, because you didn't get this, you're a failure. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: what's not okay is to to negatively self-talk myself because of that, right? So like acknowledging how you feel and using that to move forward and, and flipping the script into what can I do to change this it's very, very powerful to help you kind of move forward in like emotional situations.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's writing a new story. It's, you know, yep. just seeing it for what it is, but understanding like that doesn't have to be the end of this chapter. Like it doesn't right. have to end here. It's like, okay, you didn't get the job, but you know, what does that actually open a door for something else? You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's, and that goes back to your perspective. So And so the last tool that is obviously my favorite is going to be getting support and, you know, support comes in a variety of different ways. But when we're talking about the struggle with most people, as this is a consistent thing to get through, stop expecting yourself to wake up tomorrow and do things differently when you don't have the tools to do things differently. That was a big realization for me because that kind of goes back into like the all or nothing or us being in that cycle I was talking about earlier about, you know, we do great for a couple of days and then we don't. The thing is, is that if you had the tools to do better, then you would. And so getting support from a professional, which might mean therapy for you, it might mean coaching for you, whatever that looks like, somebody, I suggest going to somebody who is a professional in you know, whatever field that you feel you're struggling in. So, you know, and getting tools from somebody who is trained to walk people through that or has walked through that themselves. You know, that's kind of like a lot of my coaching is based on my personal experiences. And so a lot of my clients come to me because it's like they can relate to me. Then They know that I can understand them. And having that support can change things for you because you're talking about waking up and doing things differently the next day, but you have the same tool belt, right? Like it's all the same tools that you had the day before. So what makes you, why would you have the expectation of doing things differently? Like, I can't tell you how many times I would wake up in the morning and not remember the day before and expect myself to do things differently or, okay, I'm not going to go out drinking tonight. And then what else did I have? I didn't have anything else. I didn't know how to choose differently. So it's like, until I got tools by going through therapy, by going through life coaching and and acquiring those things, that was the only way that I was able to walk through things differently. And so if this is something that's a consistent struggle for you, don't feel like you have to do it alone. It's okay to ask for help and it's okay to get support from a professional.
1: Yeah, I think too, it kind of goes into that realistic goal setting, right? So like when you get that professional help, you have to know that it's not going to happen overnight. Just like you said, like Mm -hmm. you're not going to go to therapy for one session and be like, I'm good. I got this. Thanks. Appreciate it. It takes work. You have to put work in and Mm -hmm. that work requires support. So yeah, I think we've had a lot of really useful tools here. So just to kind of run back through some of those tools and how you can you know, work to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself. You know, number one is recognizing what you need. Uh, So hitting that pause button and taking the time to figure out, is this, do I need a break? Do I need a hug? Do I need to go to take a walk? Do I need to meditate? And then number two is after pausing, what can we learn from this? What lessons are there? What's going to, what are we going to do differently next time? What are we going to do the same next time? what can we do? Third is separating yourself. So the chair analogy, putting yourself in all those different chairs and talking to yourself like you would a friend, because you're not going to be mean to your friends like you would to yourself. Fourth is acknowledging your feelings and writing a new story. So knowing that it is okay to feel that way, but it is not okay to stay that way and using this opportunity to change the story or write a new one or Continue the story in just a different manner. And then our last tool is, of course, one that we love the most. Get support. Ask for help. Do the work with someone. Don't do it all by yourself. Talk to a coach. Talk to a therapist. You guys know that we have a connection with BetterHelp. So if you need someone to talk to, you know, Kelsey and I are always open. Our direct messages on Instagram are always open. If you need professional therapy, BetterHelp is also Something that you can use, and we will link that in the show notes. But it is BetterHelp.com/bravehearted. But don't walk through anything alone, because you don't have to. Mm. All right, so really great episode, Kelsey. I really love talking about self-compassion and you know all the things that go along with that, and how we can move forward from being mean to ourselves and being unkind to ourselves, and flipping that script. Next week though, we have a really exciting interview. So what are we going to do in episode 23?
0: Yeah. So before, before I talk about episode 23, I just wanted to say that we'll link below. You can go on Amazon and get the Self-Compassion book by Dr. Kristen Neff. It's something that I'm having a lot of my clients read. We obviously did it for my book club. So check that out. It's got some really powerful activities and some really eye-opening wording in it that could be really helpful too. So episode 23, we're actually doing an interview with an author and her name is Sue William Silverman. And she is the author of How to Survive Death and Other Inconveniences. So she is going to talk to us about the link between trauma and the fear of death, which I know fear of death is something that's very real to a lot of people. And also kind of creating a legacy that lives on, which is very powerful. That's like, I think something that aligns a lot with my values. And I know Eric's values is just like leaving a legacy because when we're gone, you know, what are we leaving? So really, really excited to talk to her and see what kind of tools that she can give us. And I hope you guys enjoyed this today. I hope that you can be kind to yourself We'll see you guys next week and don't forget to live bravely today. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation and it's free. The link is in the show notes. So I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.